Hi fans, I'm Todd Tondero. Welcome to my thrifting audio diary. I scour secondhand stores searching for interesting artifacts, useful unusuals, trendy trinkets, cool collectibles, good garbage, and all-around helpful items I could utilize in my daily life. My mission? Well, to do this all while spending the least amount of money. Every week, I invite a friend to thrift with me. This week, I brought my friend Brady. I can't wait for you to hear about our haul. I'm sentimentally attached to things you have forgotten. It's time to get thrifty. Hey, who said you could come in here? Welcome everybody to Thrifty. It's your boys. Well, it's your one boy, and I'm with uh, a new boy that you haven't met yet. I'm with my friend Brady today. A bonus boy. A bonus boy. We're drinking some beers on a chill, well not really chill, a really steamy. Might be the hottest I've ever been. Hog sweat of a Friday. <laughs> as, you, as you wipe your brow with a paper towel. I feel like an old southerner yeah. sitting on the porch. If you guys are new to the show, it's A-OK because none of the episodes fucking connect. So just hit subscribe on your podcast machine so every week you'll get a fresh episode of Thrifty. I'll be in all of them. Brady will probably be in some of them, but Brady's definitely in this one. For sure. It's episodic. You don't, yeah. you can turn in whenever you want. You're so, this show's sort of like um, Twilight Zone and Hoarders mixed together. Well, we got our first email this past week. Um, you could email the podcast, thriftypodcast at yahoo.com. Yes, I still use Yahoo. It says, have you ever went thrifting for vintage clothes? I have a lot of 90s baseball crew necks. Have you ever found neat-ass shirts and stuff? And this comes from Jack. To answer that question, and I'm actually going to answer it two different ways. Number one, yes, I do have some vintage clothes. In fact, I wear like a lot of vintage shirts a lot i kind of dig that vibe so there is some stuff and coming up on some future episodes i'm going to go over actually some crew necks and uh i actually got a shirt from mexico that's really cool second off you mentioned baseball i'm getting really into baseball brady baseball huh were you aware that i was into baseball i had no idea that you uh, were into baseball i feel bad for saying that i hate sports earlier in front of you that's okay i, I still love you what's your team my team is the Pittsburgh Baseball Pirates. Oh, well, that's a very convenient for you because I don't know if you knew this, but um, the Pirates play here in town uh, right down the hill. Oh, yeah. Uh, is that what that is? Yeah. Uh, the baseball arena is uh, located between the rivers. Um, All the balls just fly out of that one. The PNC Baseball Ballpark. They put them right in the river. They call them River Dingers. And do you know when I started to get into baseball? Mm, no, when? Exactly. Three, four months ago. And I love it. Perfect. I've been following it. In fact, 
If you have any, not only if you're looking to ask some questions about my thrifting behaviors at thriftypodcast at yahoo.com, I'm also now officially open for business for all your baseball questions. So send any baseball question in. I promise you I I won't know the answer probably because I've only been watching for like four months. But I will say we are, as of right now, I'm going to date myself by saying this, but the Pirates are playing 500 baseball. And we just swept the Milwaukee beer drinkers, the Brewers. And um, so if you have any baseball questions, please, I can't actually, more baseball questions, less thrifting questions. All baseball questions from here on out. I do think at the trading deadline, we need a veteran pitcher and also another bat for the outfield. Thank you for asking that, Jack. That's weird. Okay. Mm -hmm. But on to the show. So Brady and I met up this evening for a good Friday night thrift. It was our first time thrifting together before. That is um, incredibly false. Uh, we went to a Goodwill together a few uh, oh, weeks fuck. ago. And I bought 13 Disney VHS tapes. That, that's true. Mm-hmm. I guess, why? oh, I should have had you bring those. Oh, I should have brought them. Um, I didn't, though. Uh I can run through them if you want me to. Run through them, yes. Um, Aladdin, Lion King. Uh, we got Cinderella. We got Banger. Sleeping Beauty. Banger. We got uh, Aristocats. Um, we got Hunchback and Notre Dame. Ugh, that's we got a weird one. Tarzan, I think. I yeah, yeah I that think was I a little Tarzan. late for us because we're a little like that was a that's our time. Interesting story about Tarzan. Um, I saw Tarzan in the movie theater with my dad and um earlier in the day my dad had taken me swimming and i'm a big diver i like to dive like mm-hmm. my dad to throw things to the bottom of the pool i go down i get them uh how i get them my secret trick is i open my eyes underneath the water and um mm. y- some people might not know this i don't know if you're you keep a pool uh to clean the water, there's a chemical you put in. It's called chlorine. keeps it nice and clean, nice and fresh. keeps the bugs uh, dead. Um, yeah. So went to swimming, went to movie. Uh, halfway through the movie, my eyes started to swell shut because of all the chlorine that was in my eyes. So I had to make my first real adult decision and get up from the movie theater, miss part of Tarzan, to go and clean my eyes out with a cold, wet paper towel. But you did not reveal to your father that you had cheated in the game? Nope. I didn't. Re- he never even knew about the chlorine. In S- fact, he might have. Ag- he probably did because my eyes were so red, but um, that's just the kind of relationship it, it, we had, I guess. Yeah, it could have been because you were like smoking, <laughs> still some, around. <laughs> smoking some pot. Yeah. Yeah. It's good that your, your pops is still around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we went out this evening. And the first thing that I found really struck a chord because this is something we're both into. And yes, folks, I'm going to do it again. It's a wrestling segment. The fu- the first find that I found was a 2012 WWE Mattel Rey Mysterio Jr. wrestling buddy. And he has something to say for you as I punch him half to death. And that's Ray Ray. I got the blue one. Uh, blue mask, blue pants. There's also a green mask and green pants and also a red mask and red pants. This blue one, um, you could buy it off the internet, internet.com. Uh, it goes from 12 to $15. But two other reasons why this is cool. I'll name both of them. The first, the first one, one first. First one. I have three other 
WWE Mattel wrestling buddies from the same era, 2012. Name them. Three, two, one, go. Zack Ryder, Sheamus, Randy Orton. Correct. And they, I have all three of them, and now they have a masked friend, so it has. I have four to the collection now. So I'm really happy that I got all of them. Brady, you had mentioned that you'd like to see that in a four-way match. Yeah, it'd be awful, um, I think. Um, mm-hmm, bad. Yeah, it wouldn't be good. You could probably dig in and find that somewhere, I bet. So we got four guys right off the bat that I'm really happy to have in my collection. The other reason, this week... I got some tattoo work done on my left arm. I like uh, traditional Lucha Libre, and I had a tattoo on my left arm that I wasn't so proud of for a couple of reasons, mostly because it was half gone. Um, (laughs) So I needed something in its place. And so it's sort of like a, a half sleeve is what I'm working on. But I have a wrestling ring. I have a traditional luchador mask above it. I have a little lucha guy jumping off the ropes. And then so far I have a spaceship that's eventually going, going to be crashing in the ring. But it's not done yet. I just got the black outline, but I'm wearing a sleeveless tee today because I feel like I feel a little bit better about my body. Some odd booking with the UFO finish, but but it's gonna have space behind it. It's gonna have the M81 Galaxy. Did I do? Did I not? Or did I mention that? You did not mention. Okay, well, that's what it's going to have behind it. Oh. But as the day rolled on, I actually found something that I was thinking about keeping, but then I gave it uh, I gave it to you because I know you had, uh, um, since a, a small child, you were, you were into The Simpsons. And what I had found, I actually had, the, in a previous life, I had this tape. This is The Simpsons christmas special this uh this seems to be a block but a former blockbuster rental which is um, yeah it had a sticker on there i know a way to get that sticker off if you really want it but you like no i, th- I think it adds to the mystique sort of um mm-hmm. i like that um i still have my blockbuster card actually in my wallet as we speak um that's really cool really holding on to hunt to hope so this adds come to back. your vhs collection which you just started to make yeah it's uh currently my vhs collection is this uh simpsons vhs of one episode and, and also then also 13 uh disney uh mid-90s vhs yeah classics so you know a lot about not only the simpsons but specifically this tape which i well, i'm so excited to learn more okay um well this uh as you said the tape is entitled the simpsons christmas special but um some people i mean i guess anyone with some simpsons knowledge would say that this isn't really news to anyone um but the christmas special that they're referring to is actually just the first episode which is a interesting fact that they decided to start the series out i didn't know it yep started out with the first episode also uh todd you might also know this but uh the person who wrote this first episode which i think it's uh i'm gonna butcher it and it's gonna be embarrassing but i think it's called simpsons roasting on an open fire um Mm -hmm. the person who wrote this episode is Mimi Pond. Mimi Pond, uh, wife to Wayne White, uh, an artist that I think we both like. Are you serious? Yeah, uh-huh. Uh, she wrote this first episode. I I don't know if she wrote any after that or not. Wayne White is a great, I love it. I love the vibe yeah, of his work. for sure. And his wife is, uh, just as talented and, um, intriguing as he is um probably a little bit more understated just because yeah wayne might wait has more of a little over the top personality but um mm-hmm. yeah she wrote the first uh, episode of the simpsons and uh, i think in this episode 
if I remember correctly, uh, Homer plays a, I want to say he's a mall Santa. Maybe uh-huh. not. I'm not sure. I don't want to butcher it. I haven't it's watched, been a while. I don't watch old Simpsons episodes. I watch, well. You watch the new shit? No, not the new shit, but there, I have a sweet spot. But uh, seasons four to 12 are the only episodes I watch. Uh-huh. Um, not to say that these first ones aren't good. It's just the graphics. Uh it's hard. Th- it's hard. I, it's hard to watch a newer one. Yeah, and, and then, then going go back. back. Go back. Yeah, it's um. Yeah. But um, I think either way, this is like the introduction of Santa's little helper. Well, who is the the dog? He's the dog the, and the ultimate Christmas present for Bart, I believe. During that same pick, because I picked that and then I saved it for you. So when you got there, during that same grab, I found something um pretty cool physically. It's as thick as a Bible it's and got just some heft. just as important. I found a book from the 1990s. It's called Great Mazes, and I'll tell you what: you open it up, and what you find, whew, there's some pretty fucking good mazes in here. I mean, I feel like great might be a uh, great in quantity for sure. Here's one: a bear hunt where you have a uh, a lady in a canoe going through. Trying to navigate edgy, her way around edgy, a polar bear. icy waters to find a polar bear that, if 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 it's drawn to scale, is actually smaller than her. For sure, yeah. I feel like that that maze is also commenting a lot on climate change, and um, I think we're all trying to navigate around the the situation. So of it the, speaks to us all. Yeah, the environment and what's what we're losing. I was a little disappointed by that. And where is this other one that I wanted to show you? Oh yeah, okay, yeah, right away. That one on the right, it's called Goose Down. Oh, <laughs> oh I don't, that's amazing! If any for the for the listeners at home, yeah, this is a uh, goose da- goose down maze. Um, <laughs> goose down refer- referencing to a jacket, but also, ladies and gentlemen, referencing to a goose wearing a goose down jacket. Yeah, so you have to find your way through that goose down jacket. That's essentially like a human wearing a a jacket full of human hair. Yeah, goose down. Uh, and on the back it reads. Open the pages of Great Mazes for an adventure unlike anything you've ever known. Find your way to the furthest star in space. Locate the buried chest on Treasure Island. Climb the mighty Eiffel Tower. Untangle your favorite bowl of pasta. Track down a prehistoric monster. Explore the mysterious passageway of, uh, of an ancient castle. Unlock the secrets of a zodiac sign. This is one sentence. Unlock the secrets of a zodiac sign. Maneuver your way out of a traffic jam and many, many, many more created by Jesse Spicer Zerner. That book would be great on a long plane ride. So next up on our finds list today, uh, these were actually found, and we're going to get into the musical part of the show. These were actually found in what we like to call a huge cardboard box that about about... 13 three-foot children could lay down in comfortably is the best way to really measure the box. In my thrifting days, I've never seen a box what like this box was. Now, Todd, you say that's comfortably. If you needed to, mm-hmm. if you needed to really pack them in, you could pack them in. I'd say up to 36 small kindergarten students. You think so? Sure. Why not? Why not? And most everything in that cardboard box was roached. Mm-hmm. There was some mold in there. There was some random CDs. There was like some pencils that I saw. But you grabbed uh, two records out of that. Um, what was it? What's the first record that we're listening to now? 
Um, well, Todd, I can't, really can't tell you, but and here's why. You can I turn can't. that up a little uh, bit. Sure. Crank that up. All right. Hopefully yeah. that's coming through okay. Todd, I really can't tell you much about this record, and here's why. It's in German. Um, all in German. Language. All in German language, German music, German lyrics. Uh, but here's why I picked it up. It has amazing cover art, and a very good cover art, I think. And uh, it's just, it's very interesting. Um, Did we decipher what the title of the record was? Um, well, from what my basic, very basic, very basic uh, German, from what I can tell, it's from the green hunter and from the, and then there's a word which I can't say, um, Heiderschlein, I think it is, maybe? Yeah. Um, which I think that's just a proper noun. I, hey, the listeners at home can correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong. Uh, we were doing some research on it. Some, not the best imagery popped up, huh? No, slightly, slightly. I mean, it was post, it definitely was released in post-World, uh, World War Two. But, um, a version of the song, which I, we might be listening to now, I can't tell, um, was involved in it seemed like some heavy imagery in the video. We won't get too far into it, but um But it is off ni- it's from nineteen fifty eight off the the Polydor brand. Yeah, Polydor brand, yes. Um thirty RPM thirty three RPM. And describe that cover art a little bit. It's it's a beautiful picture. I mean it's definitely a black That's why you got it, right? Yeah, sure. Um it's definitely a black and white picture that was colored, I believe. Um got like this dude holding a gun and it's, it's like, like the green hunter i assume he is um he's yes. holding his rifle and him in this very beautiful young woman in a blue polka dot dress is seems to be saying something into his ear as they look off into the distance their face is not pictured and it's one of a series yeah one in seven it looks like so i believe this is all the pieces together are one piece it was so old in comparison to the some of the other ones because uh a lot of the records that we were like thumbing through picking through in that one cardboard box were like uh like mid 70s late 70s and that was i i feel like the oldest one that we found in that one i'd say that's definitely probably true um and it's definitely in great shape too um music isn't bad i'm not gonna say i don't hate it i mean let me let me crank up the rpms a little bit yeah Yeah, it's still pretty bad, but I mean, it's definitely yeah, it's it's still there. Yeah, for sure. And then the other one that you picked up, if you want to throw that sucker on too, that was from the early '70s, and that was Graham Nash's uh, first record. Graham Nash with the uh, songs for beginners. That was off of uh, Atlantic from 1971. I was looking this uh, this album up as well. The interesting thing that came out is this record shot up in different timelines as far as price and then came back down. I've seen this record that, that we're about to put on sold for 15 bucks. I've seen it sold for $25. I've seen somebody who, I mean, I, I assume they overplayed, but on e- overpaid, but on eBay they paid $75 for it. That's crazy. I would not pay $75 for it, but... But most of them are like 10 to 15 range is where most yeah. of them went for. From what I'm already hearing... Sounds pretty great. I'm going to be honest. That's really good, man. I'm already into it. I'm excited I found it. It sounds really good. It's not warped. No, it's not warped at all. And I also, 
out of uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young, I know the least about Nash. And so I'm already pleasantly surprised. One of my favorite concerts that I was not at but saw on a VHS tape, because that's a whole different thing, going to a concert and seeing a concert on a VHS tape, Crosby, Stills, and Nash with Tom Petty. Have you ever seen that? I've heard that they have. I, have no, I know that they have done it. I've never seen any examples or heard any examples of well, it. Well, it was weird. It was like in the early 90s, and I remember my uncle showing me this VHS tape of mm-hmm. them like banging out some hits and stuff and there was weird people on stage sure. and like a guy with a banana yeah and it spoke to me at a young age and i'm still a fan of of tom petty i will say i fell off the crosby stills and nash train though i think that's safe i i don't think you're missing a whole lot as long as you know the staples i think you're okay so that was our music finds for today which i was pretty happy with only because considering the condition of most of the things in that box um, you know, these were two good finds from there. I found like a Dimitri Martin CD. That's not really that cool of a find, but it was interesting to find in there. So I went ahead and bought that. We have some mystery items to share with you, both monkey based. Monkey and based. you found them together, sort of. Sort of, yeah. They're in the same bin. Uh, they could have came from the same place. Um, it's interesting because I hate monkeys. Um, if I had to pick one type of animal that I absolutely hate, it would be monkeys. So what spoke to you about item number one? We'll go over the uh, what is perceived to be an unknown monkey bookend from the 90s. Um, well, first of all, I like this just because um, the monkey seems pensive. And one uh, one thing I hate about monkeys is monkeys seem to show no remorse. Yeah. Um, and this this monkey seems like he's got a lot to atone for, and he knows it. Um, he's uh seems to be chilling out underneath this uh, comically chody mm-hmm. uh, palm tree. Very <laughs> very chody. Uh, the the height does not match the width. Um, he's uh he's got his um. His legs crossed and his hand, his little weird monkey feet hands, yeah, grabbing each other's ankles. So it's it seems like he's even more r- remorseful than a typical human could look. Now, two questions for you. One question, and it's a follow up on the first one. So one point two questions. Number one, did you realize it was a bookend immediately? Um, I didn't think about it, but if you would have asked me, I would have said I think it's probably a bookend. Uh, I'm thinking about just putting it flush against the wall next to my computer. That's fair. Yeah. Question 1.2. It's obviously one of two pieces Mm -hmm. because it says that on the bottom. Sure. Is it possible that the other side of the bookend was there and we couldn't uncover it? Um, that's that's did completely possible. Did we dig enough to find its mate? Did we give it the 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 try that we should have? Oh, you're breaking my heart now. I feel like this lonely bookend's just waiting in that goodwill. I, in my defense, I didn't realize it was a bookend at first, mm-hmm. or I would have been like, "Keep going." I honestly don't think it was. Uh, those bins were looking pretty skimp by the by the time I found this. Mm-hmm. I think it would have stuck out. Um. Maybe not, though. That was the bin that the Jesus painting was also in, and I was looking at that Jesus painting pretty hard. I so. thought that you were going to get that. We found a Jesus painting. It wasn't something that either of us wanted to purchase, but we definitely thought about it. It was a great piece. It, it was just such a good picture of Jesus, I'll say that. Um, it might have been a paint-by-numbers or something, but someone killed it if it was. It was great. Yeah. The only 
the only reason I would buy a Jesus picture is to hang it ironically in the same fashion as the only reason I'd buy an American flag is to hi- is to hang it as a tapestry behind my turntable. Sure. That's the only reason why you're doing that that shit nowadays. I feel I feel the same way, and I try to get away from my, anything ironic. Um, so but I. It was it was like twenty bucks at first. Like flip that over again, that thing. It was mar- wherever it was originally sold. It had like a high value, lower value, and then even lower. Yeah. Uh, originally, the main price here is twenty dollars, and they're telling you to compare that to twenty eight dollars. And then finally, in the end, they're just like, "Well, give us sixteen, and we'll be even, I guess." But and the, and the sold price was sure. I mean, ended up being like probably a buck for us. Who's huh? the Who's to say it even sold there? You know. Mm-hmm. Who's to say it even left? Second monkey piece. All right, here's where we really get into the shit of things. Um, I, I'm i going to do my best, folks. Yeah, just, I want you to describe this, because this was something that made you smile, like, instantly. Instantly. So I, you give this a college try. Okay. Uh, first thing to note, uh, it's a coconut-based item. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's definitely carved into the into a coconut. It's a monkey's face and hand. Well, I guess it's the whole, supposed to be the whole monkey, just with a very exaggerated head. Yeah. Um, the monkey's uh head is bisected at about the third lateral. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not. Um, that seems right. Yeah, sure. Right above the brow. Um. The monkey's head is cut open, hollowed <laughs> out, and then secured to the top is a very uh, is a coconut shell Wait, attached to a rope. Ah, a twine. I'd so say. So you best open straw. the monkey's head that's attached to this rope yeah. or straw, mm-hmm. and it says "Have fun" on it. So it is our monkey coconut have fun bank. Folks, we're not even half done with all the things. No, no, no. Um, so yeah, it is a bank. Um, there is a hole cut into the, the top of the shell here. Um, like as Todd said at the bottom, uh, "Have fun" seems to be engraved into the wood. Um, <laughs> the top of the shell, the lid, also has a sticker that says, also a coin bank, which I don't think that they're, what's the first thing that you're like, well, it's clearly this, but we should also tell you it's a coin bank. Are you going to use it for the purpose of coins? I need a coin bank, so sure. It's well, a, it's also for the purpose of the yeah, coin bank. Also a coin bank, and then at the bo- below, also a coin bank. It says, take me home. So this is very interesting. We took it home. And then there's one final secret on the bottom. Mm-hmm. Also engraved, scorched into the wood, into the coconut fiber. It says to order, call one eight hundred seven six six one six nine five. Patented. So we are going to call live on the show. We are going to call that number. Repeat that number. And I'm sorry if there's some cell phone interference in this part, but we're gonna call this number live. One eight hundred. Uh huh. Seven six six seven six six one six one six nine five. See if you can place nine, an order for one of these guys. Yeah. Cool. Hello, thank you for calling the offices of Progressive Specialty Glass. Our office is currently closed. If you know the extension for the party you are trying to reach, you can dial it at any time. For our office hours and website address, please press 4. For a price 
quote, please press six. For the company directory, please press the pound sign. For the operator, please press zero. Thank you and have a nice day. Okay, I have so many questions. I'm hitting zero. Oh, the suspense. Hello. Thank you for calling Progressive Specialty Glass. Your call is very important to us. Please leave a message with your name and phone number, and we will call you back as soon as possible. Thank you. Hi, my name is Todd. I'm with Thrifty Podcast, and I found your monkey coconut have fun bank. Please give me a call back. 412 Thank you. Brother. Now we just wait. Now we wait. Brother. How many should we order once we hear back? I'm good for half a dozen. I, I have so many questions about what just happened. Was that, were they saying progressive glass or grass? I heard grass the first time. The second time I heard glass. Oh, we'll just wait, have to wait and find out, I guess. We just bide our time and wait at this point. Sure. Next up on the list while we wait, I love cups he's a cup boy from way back i you know i love cups yep you know i love the cups different cups plastic cups with shit on them my favorite cups what we're looking at now jurassic park uh this is when jurassic park gathered their friends together to chill with mcdonald's and coca-cola these are from 1992 this is a six-piece set i only have three of the six i have cup two cup four and cup six so we got the Brachiosaur, we got the Triceratops, and the hidden gem in all these is the Gallimimus. 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 Which I don't remember. She's no Gallimimus. But these cups uh, go t- for about like three to five dollars each. I've seen collections of them for about twenty to twenty-five. I saw some French versions of these cups. They went for $74. Interesting. So they got to be rare ones for the, for the, t- to be French, I suppose. I guess so. But these I cleaned off, but look at the, the Brachiosaur. In the picture, it's kids. It's like these stupid white kids, like touching the nose of that dinosaur friend. Classic white kid shit. Yeah, right? Like, let's play around with science until it kills us, right? Yeah. And this if something one, goes wrong, my dad can sue. The Triceratops, it looks like he's like sort of Oh, this is this is right from the movie. This is when they at the beginning when they stumble across the sick triceratops. Yeah. And the third one here is a very very consumed Gallimimus, very confused one. Just kinda roaming around. <sighs> is a Gallimimus is that is a Gallimimus a threat? Yeah, they're hiding from him. Yeah, they're certainly yeah, hiding from him. Well, no, they're sh- they're hiding because the T Rex is chasing it. But I like to find the other. I was attempting to find the three cups that are missing from the six cups, but I got two, four, and six. So it's leave- at least it's like even numbers. Yeah, you sure. can tell I'm drinking more because my speech is getting worse. At least it's even numbers. So when I look at it, it doesn't like make my brain hurt a little bit. Yeah, they all have fun facts on them too. Read some fun facts about that one. I heard a gal minus thunder over Dr. Grant and the kids hiding place 
to avoid the clutches of a hungry Tyrannosaurus Rex. Mm. These ostrich-like dinosaurs had powerful back legs for running and could move in speeds of excess, in excess of 30 miles an hour. It's pretty fast, Galamimus. It's for a, for a dino. I gotta I gotta think that a uh, T Rex can move a little quicker than that, though. That's why they're the prey, you know. Yeah, exactly. Dinosaur eat dinosaur world. Sure. This one is the Brachiosaur. Lex, Tim, and Doctor Grant enjoy a treetop view and a visit with a friendly Brachiosaur. Nature's largest land dweller was 82 feet long and used its 30-foot neck for grazing high in the forest. A gentle giant standing four stories tall, it weighed as much as a herd of elephants. Interesting. I'll just, I'll just uh, top it off here with this final uh, Triceratops fact. Thank you. Dr. Grant and Ellie's first hike through Jurassic Park ends with a discovery of a mysteriously ill Triceratops. I guess it was a mysteriously ill Triceratops mm-hmm. instead of a pregnant Triceratops. Very uh, makes sense. Very identifiable. Mm-hmm. Despite its elephant-like size, fearsome horns, and sharp beak, Triceratops were actually calm and gentle plant eaters. There you go. There you go. You just learned three facts about three dinos. I would consider myself a genius if I had the other three cups and learned the other three facts about them. Then I could have the whole family of cups. Just uh, go right into the Carnegie Museum of uh, Natural History and ask for a job. Okay, BRB, I'm going to go apply at a museum for a new job. While you wait for me to come back, we're going to throw it over to commercial break. But after that, we will return with maybe the best find of the day since the show started. Stick around.
it's that time in the show that it happens at least once in a show or maybe every other show. But we're going to talk about wrestling again. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. The find of the day this week, I can't take credit for. And I'll admit that straight up. I have in front of me 10 WWF bendums that range from 1994 all the way to 1996. My sister actually picked these up. She was out there in the field uh, working the yard sales. And she found these boys, all of them, $2 for the whole lot. That makes so much more sense. I thought you just discovered these in your usual your usual haunts, but these boys are in such pristine uh, quality that that just didn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Yeah, she found them at a yard sale and donated them to me. So my sister actually does the same thing that I do, but more so like yard sales and like she goes through like uh, like people's trash on the on the curb. So it's it we're yeah, cut from the same fucked cloth here, but WWF Bendems. I actually, um, growing up, I never collected the Bendems, and the only thing that makes sense as to why I didn't collect the Bendems is because I either got the wrestlers or I got the faux G.I. Joes, which were like the fake G.I. Joes, which were called the core. So if I wanted like a little dude, I had little dudes. If I wanted a wrestler, I got a wrestler. This is somewhere in between. These are Bendy guys, and there's a whole lot of them. Now, 90s, this era of wrestling, were you present during this? Uh, tail end. Um, I know all these guys. I know, I'd say I'm pretty versed on most of their careers, but I'm not, I can't say I'm a fan of any of them. <laughs> um, I'd say that they almost, no, I, I won't say that about Goldust or Vader. I'd say that they all have yeah. a total worth in wrestling. But I'd say all the other uh, people are garbage wrestlers, and I'd f- I'd say even three of these guys helped uh, helped uh, kill a lot of the wrestling business uh, for a couple <laughs> of years. Um, yeah. Well, we got uh, uh, I got from series one, so the first series of Bendems from 1994. I have Razor Ramon, Doink the Clown, Lex Luger. Yeah, I was uh, when I a couple of few to. Uh, hit the 15 second reverse on your iPhone at the moment and go back to where I said that or droid were progressive. Sure. Sure. Whatever you have. Um, and go back to the, where I said these three wrestlers, uh, ruined wrestling for a few years. Two of the wrestlers I was speaking of were razor Ramon and Lex Luger. Uh, well, okay. I'm going to disagree there. Razor Ramon, all right, um, I want to, Razor. The Razor Ramon Scott character is fine. Hall. Scott Hall uh, is a different story. Scott Hall, I've always here's a weird thing. I've always had a and I, and I can't aside from the alcoholism. He's always reminded me of my dad for some reason, Whew. and I think it's the alcoholism. So because every time you think he's getting better, something happens. Sure. Like you know they get on and a head on collision almost die. That's both relatable. Razor Ramon growing up. Oh boy. I was a huge Razor head. That's fine. I hey, I'm he has he has some great matches as Razor Ramon. Scott Hall not so much, but Razor Ramon sure. At the time, I was a Luger freak. Luger really. Yeah. 
not it doesn't hold up nowadays. But no, it certainly Lex doesn't. Luger in the mid '90s did something no wrestler has done before or since. And he took it to the streets. He took it to the streets he with the Lex the Express. Yep. You remember the Lex Express? Oh, I know the Lex Express. I don't remember it because I was two, three, but I made a homemade patriotic shirt with a sponge painting red and and red and blue i was trying to think of the american flag colors red and blue white, stars white. also white red white and blue shirt. stars on a white, white shirt. shirt sure and i went out to a local mall and i shook that man's hand little did i know years later ugly man ugly man <laughs> and also that he was there when miss elizabeth died and he did jack oh, fuck Miss Elizabeth, angel on earth. Yeah. R.I.P. Miss Elizabeth. Doink the Clown was also pretty cool. I like Doink the Clown. He's fine. Series 2, the only Series 2 guy I got here was, man, he was known by a lot of names. We got Mabel, King Mabel. Big Mo. Big. No, Big Mo was his tag partner. Yeah, that was his friend. A Big Daddy V. And Big Daddy Viscera. V. Viscera. Viscera. Yeah, and didn't he have like a sexual chocolate gimmick too? I know that's Mark Henry, but he had like a. a Wasn't big, he like it was something velvet or something? Yeah, like velvet that, yeah. like sex machine. Sure Mohawk. did. But he was Mabel, and I'll tell you what, that was an era where not a lot of people could work. He could not work. Sure couldn't. And he main evented at SummerSlam with a very green diesel in Pittsburgh, and it. I thought that was a King of the Ring. Was it King of the Ring? I swear it was SummerSlam. I can't remember. I probably drank too much. Anyway, he not only shit the bed, but he diarrheaed through the mattress in that fucking <laughs> bed. Oh, uh, man. From Series 3, I got that, and that's uh, getting into 1996. I have Yokozuna, Goldust, and Ahmed Johnson. I'd say that's the best three lined up right now. Um, oh, no. There's actually. Interesting. I really love Gold Dust. I'll no, say that. No, I, I could, I could say I, that's probably the best because we're going series one through four. That's probably the best series because Yoko, I'm a, I'm big on Gold Dust. I'm big on Ahmed Johnson was very bad, but Gold Dust and Yoko to me were very cool. Even then, they were very cool. Yeah. Ahmed Johnson couldn't like comprehend a lot he was a dangerous worker do you I, you may have not known do you remember the you're going down stuff when he chanted that at farouk yeah that was but yeah he wore my man wore like elbow pads on up, his wrists on his wrists his he, forearm. he had like thigh pads he was like bobby lashley before bobby lashley and Bobby Lashley was a lot cooler. But Gold Dust, Gold Dust is still around even nowadays for fans who aren't fans of wrestling. Gold Dust wore a wig back in the day, and he needs to bring that back. But he's still around in the game, man. Still kills it too. Very good worker. Yeah, he's not a bad worker. And then Series Four from 1996, we got uh, Psycho Sid. Vader and Wild Man Mark Marrow. And now the third man in the trinity of uh awful, awful wrestlers, I would have to put Psycho Sid in there. Yeah. He's a definitely a disaster. Yeah. I was watching live when he fractured his uh leg w his leg uh in WCW 
Very, yeah. uh, first fracture I ever witnessed. Awful, yeah. awful thing. Yeah, in the late 90s, you could YouTube this. If you just type in on YouTube, uh, Sid Vicious, Psycho Sid, whatever you want to write, WCW leg break, you will see something that you can't unsee, but please... Please type that in, especially if you're not a wrestling fan. Type that in. You know, like, you got to, like, rein it in a little bit. Type I mean, that it's, in. it happened in a boot. So you're not seeing any bone or anything. You're seeing... <laughs> you're seeing That floppy boot, though. You're seeing a floppy boot. That floppy boot almost makes it. Yeah. Mark Marrow, God... I would. Forgive I will. Fi- I will sins. fight Mark Mara right now. He's such Mark a Mara, I'm shitty. calling you out, boy. Yeah, fuck him. You're a wife beater and a cheater. Yeah, you're you come fucked. out here right now, and I'll show you how far I can hike them shorts up. <laughs> Throwback. <laughs> okay, I think we both like this guy a lot. You have him, and and I'll I'll throw I'll put you on blast. Your current Facebook profile, cover photo, whatever you want to call it, has Vader from the Boy Meets World episode. I will never change that cover photo. That picture makes me so happy every time I look at it. I love Vader. Vader, uh, notorious for the way he would smell during a match. Um, Some people refuse to work work with him just because of how bad he would sweat and smell during a wrestling match. Mm -hmm. Um he would hike up his shoulders too. Yeah. Like he would puff his like yeah. as if like he was a predatory yeah. bird that either wanted to mm-hmm. fuck or kill something. Sure. He Vader, would puff up his feathers. Vader, um I mean I think that the consensus is that he didn't have the best WWF run. Not his fault either. But I that's I love him in the WWF. I love everything he did. I think he was great. His WCW run was epic in my opinion as well wwf he was booked to shit but that was in a time where they were looking to build different people and they had taker and kane so if you want to like quote unquote monsters they kind of had them so when vader popped into in mankind yeah. who, mick foley into mankind who they're so they had their like weird creepy ghouly type people so when vader arrived in wwf at that point they were like well um we kind of have what we're looking for so he was jobbed out pretty hard yeah he just came in two years too late was yeah the whole thing. but he was a hell of a worker for a big man Getting um, very ill at at the moment. Uh, yeah, the Mastodon. You know, like yeah. he was he was just really fucking cool. I wish him the best of luck. If you, if you're out there listening, Vader. Hey, good luck. Man. And Vader, like every couple of years, becomes relevant again. Like he uh, fought Will Osprey last yeah, year. He was he was in a feud with Will Osprey on the Indies, which is interesting. That he's still around. I did see that he had some issues getting out of the ring. I don't know if you saw that. Like, yeah, in I, didn't a current, I didn't want to watch it. Yeah, he had some issues getting out of the ring. He's working the indies. And Vader is definitely one of my favorite dudes. And I, like, respect him a bunch. And so I hope he, like, comes through it. But all these guys here are in such good condition. I can't stress that enough. And as a kid, because, like, this show, maybe if you want to talk about nostalgia or you're talking about, like, some v- vintage anything or these I never even had as a kid, and these make me feel like a kid. It puts me back in that era because I've never had them. Sure. And since I got them, I, like, take them out of the bag and, like, play with them a little bit. And I'm like, this is really dope. And they were super – This the shape they're in is, like – They're immaculate. Choice. Yeah. Choice. But – um, I think it's fair to say that like a lot of my finds that they are wrestling stuff, so maybe that's just me doing that. 
But these bring me back to a time that a much simpler time that I wasn't almost 30 years old and depressed. Right. <laughs> yeah, sure. Let's say that I have a I have a tumultuous past with uh, with wrestling figures. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's sort of it's not a long story, but it's it takes a little bit of explaining. Um, I grew up. I lived uh, with my grandmother in a mobile home until I was, I don't know. I lived there until I went to college. After college, um, I came back and lived there for an additional year um, before I found a place of my own. Um, and I, uh, I that's where all my childhood belongings were. Yeah. When um, when we were moving out, uh, the basically like. A mobile home isn't built to last more than probably 10 years at max, I'd say. But my grandmother had lived there for 30 years. So one morning, the furnace just stopped working and it essentially just, in car terms, just totaled the house. Like it Completely would roached. Yeah, it would, cost, it would cost more to replace a furnace than it would to replace, you know. So um, this, uh, this happened mid-November. Uh, so a lot of things had to happen quick. And I was working a retail job during Christmas. Which to work a retail job during Christmas, I was working 16 hours a week and also moving my stuff out of another apartment uh, back into my hometown. And it was just a lot of things happening at once. So the last day that I was moving my stuff out of my uh, Your my childhood place, home, yeah, yeah uh, it was it was probably four or five days before Christmas. And the furnace had gone out, so it was very cold in there. Everything else had been moved out. I just hadn't had time to get my stuff. So I was getting my stuff, literally, like, just taking what I could and putting it into my car, like, just trying to, like, salvage what Anything I could. Anything that was It was too cold be to in be there. in there, yeah, yeah. too much. And, um, so quick as possible, just sort of, like, shoveling. Getting what I could. Um, and one of the – I was, like – I had made up my mind that, like, just because I had a lot of things from my childhood that I just adored – but I knew that it wasn't going to be able to all come with me because they were just going to take the the house to a junkyard and crush it. Um, but I knew that I wanted to try to get my wrestlers out. The clock was ticking. I got all the stuff that was essential. It was getting dark. There wasn't any electricity in the house anymore. I had to move while I could. So I went to the room where all my childhood stuff was. And all my toys were kept in those green, huge Rubbermaid bins. Yeah, and okay. There, there are probably like four or five of them. Yeah. You and just open up the lid and... Sure. Yeah. And because, like, everything was in disarray and, like, everything was happening quick, some of them weren't accessible. Um, just, like, I mean, any other Because you would have to, like, move them off move, of the... Move them, them off, off of each top of each other, yeah. check in and stuff. Very, very and, um, familiar. I had probably every Jack's Pacific character between 1998 and 2001, I'd Shit. say. Shit. And a ring, a ring with a cage. I loved that stuff. Um, that was really my last, like... My last set of toys, too. Like, the last things I really loved. So I decided I was going to open the Rubbermaid thing that was closest to me. I was pretty sure that's what they were in anyway. So I was going to open them up and take them with me if I could. And I went over. I got what off the Rubbermaid thing I could. Mind you, it's 21 degrees in here, probably. Yeah. Dark. Um, almost dark. Almost dark. Very sweaty. Um, sweaty and cold, not a good combination. Um, so I'd open a thing up, it wasn't them, and I just, Fuck. I just, 
I knew it just... It could have been any of them. It couldn't have been any of them. And also, I knew in my head that this is something I'm going to have to carry with me the rest of my life if I take them as well. Mm -hmm. This is a good time to purge and just go back down to, like, the minimalist things that I need. But I really wanted them, and it just wasn't meant to be. So I, anytime I see wrestling figures, I sort of have a hard time with it. But these guys, these guys are really sweet. They're really great. Yeah, Great they're fine. dope. Yeah, I, I'm sure. sorry, I didn't know. I didn't know I did that. Oh no, no, it's not. I didn't if know I did been, that. If it would have been a Jack specific Al Snow with the head, I probably <laughs> would have lost a little bit. But I never had any. of these. I never had these either. Yeah, I never had them. And now that we're looking at them up on the internet and seeing how much they cost and stuff, I might start collecting these just because it might be cool. You mentioned that. You yeah. said I think that you could start collecting them. And we were looking at the series. Yeah. And it seems like the rarity. And the interest in specific ones, they're not really, it's not like big names or small names yeah. or anything like that. It seems it's across just, the board pretty much. Um, yeah. And um, it would be enough that like you wouldn't have to spend a lot of money, but it would still be enough to make you feel like you're uh, you're actually like. And there's some into that still exist in package. Sure. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's that. I'm. I'm sorry I did that to you, but <laughs> no, you, no, don't apologize. I like these guys a lot. I'm glad that I got to see them. Yeah, and um, I, I'm 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 proud of my sister for finding them, and she's also found some other cool stuff that in maybe some episodes down the line we'll kind of like uh, reach back into. Yeah. Um. Hopefully, you come back as well too. Yeah. Because sure. like, man, we've been boys through some weird stuff in our lives. Yeah. God, it's a. Uh... It's been weird for sure. Weird, weird, uh, weird, weird beginnings. Weird beginnings. Weird, um, middle. Middle. This is pretty normal now. Yeah, it's like, yeah. yeah. Originally, how we became friends is I worked at a school and Brady was a student at a school and the school ruined us. <laughs> basically. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't want to blame the school. I definitely made some of my own decisions that weren't. The smartest. But I blame me for that. Yeah, sh- well, whatever. It's okay. I may have done it. I brought you to the school. I sort have the of. life I have now because of that school. So, and I wouldn't give it up for anything. So, okay. Well, well I'm still sorry. That's something I'm you're supposed sorry. to say. That's something you're supposed to say when you're old and retired, and like, <laughs> you know that like you'd piss so many people off if you said that. But no, that's true. I'm glad for all the friends I made and relationships I have. Real quick, for before you, uh, yeah. before we go, book a pay per view out of these guys, real quick. Okay, we're gonna book a pay per view. All right. <clears throat> All right, opening match. Who do you got having the opening match? Opening match. Okay, with these ten guys here, opening match. I'm gonna give you Doink. Sure. And I'm going to give you a face Wild Man Mark Marrow. That's a great match. I think that. Would yeah, be. because we're gonna open up the joint here with Wild Man Mark Marrow and Doink. And Doink is gonna be the heel, and he's gonna work the crowd. And like fuck with kids on his way in, mm-hmm. they're gonna have like not really a typical workers man because usually the first match on the card yeah, is like, sure. a, like a, a good working match. Yeah, and sure, Doink Doink always had a trick when he was a heel too. Yeah, and so I think this is basically just gonna get the crowd hot because Doink is gonna do some balloon shit. Yeah, and I think Marrow is is gonna attempt to be the face here, but ultimately. Um, he's actually going to lose via schoolboy roll-up by Doink, and that's how my show starts. So okay. it gets the crowd kind of on the edge right away. Uh-huh. What a maneuver. Yes. 
The next match on this card is going to be Ahmed Johnson, and he's going to go one-on-one with Goldust. Oh, that's a great match, I think. And Goldust is just good enough to carry Ahmed Johnson through the... And that's why, because Goldust was always a good worker. Ahmed Johnson was a physical worker, but not so much a good worker. Mm -hmm. But I think their characteristics play well against one another because this is a big masculine guy, and Goldust is the the heel. And at the time, you got to think of the era-wise. Sure. And um, I'm actually going to... And this is against all my sensibilities because I hate Ahmed... And I really like Goldust. I'm going to have Ahmed go over Goldust strong here just for the betterment of the card. Sure. And I think that, that Goldust is trying to is going to play on the same quips that Doink did in his own way. But I think Ahmed is going to bully him. And then he's going to win with the Pearl River Plunge in eight minutes. Sounds good to me. Mm-hmm. The next match on the card. Well, before the next match. The next segment on the card is actually going to be a backstage segment with Mabel and Mo. Okay. And Mabel and Mo, they were a tag team. Mo is going to be the mouthpiece, but we're going to have in, in the backstage segment Mabel um, some hype via Mo sure. to kind of have a break in the card from the matches. And Mabel is actually going to talk some S-word on The Undertaker. And Mo is going to carry him to that because he can't. So the next show, Mabel has just cut a promo on The Undertaker. And then the crowd hears that. And then we go back to the ring. Sure. I like that a little bit. Plant the seed. Mm -hmm. Plant the seed moving forward. The next match on the card, we're going to have Psycho Sid one-on-one against Lex Luger. Now... This is a dangerous match in the fact that they weren't both good workers. Someone's going to break their ankle in this one for sure. Yes, but I think that we've had some uh, decent working matches because both of those matches has one person that could work. And we just had a cool-down mic spot. So I think this is time to bring out Lex hard. Like uh, After the break, we just saw a heel cut a promo. Full-time Lex Express going on. So we have him coming down, kissing babies. Sure. Uh, you know, saying hi to everyone. And then Psycho Sid comes out. They work a match. It's going to go, um, I'm going to say, seven minutes this match too. Luger is going to defeat Psycho Sid with the elbow. So it gets right. the crowd hot. Okay. Sure. The main event of the evening is actually going to be a triple threat match. For and that, for that penny that's on the ground right y- there? Yeah, we'll put the penny on the line that I didn't notice. Okay. The main event of this card is going to be a face, the bad guy, Razor Ramon, and he's up against these two behemoths, Yokozuna and Vader. And Razor Ramon's the current penny uh, holder at the moment. Yeah, he comes in with the penny. Uh, the Penny Championship. And what commentary is building right now, Brady, is how is Razor Ramon going to survive with two big men against him? And the match starts... Is it elimination? No. The match starts, and Vader and Yoko are double-teaming Razor, and commentary again sells, well, what the heck? Razor could never overcome and defeat this. So they're beating down the babyface Razor. They get to a point where Razor is so beat down 
that each of them are, is doing a move, and they're, they're looking to pin Razor, but then the other big guy messes yeah. that pin up. Sure. And then Vader is like, um, you messed my pin up. And Yoko's like, we're a match. Same thing happens. Yoko does the same shit, and Vader pushes him off of them. And we're going like, oh, is there some turmoil? Because these two big dudes did beat down this guy, but they then realized that it's everyone against everyone in this match. So then we get a a belly-to-belly, boob-to-boob touch. Vader, Yoko, looking each other in the eye. They they start talking crap, and then they're going blow-to-blow, and the crowd pops because this is what they want. They wanted to see these two big men go at it. The crowd pops, commentary pops, and says, like, these two big men, what's going to happen? The ring's going to collapse if they fight each other. So they fight back and forth, and that's when the babyface Razor gets back in control. So what's going to happen here is Razor's going to get hot. He's going to start punching both of them. He's actually going to knock Yoko out of the ring. Sure. So he's going to go one-on-one with Vader here, just going back and forth. While Yoko is out of the ring, Mr. Fuji, Yoko's manager, for those in the know, he's going to give him some sand because that's what Yoko used to cheat with. The blind, yeah. So he's then going to come back in the ring with Vader and Razor fighting, and he's going to try to th- throw sand at, at Razor. Razor's going to duck. It's going to hit it's Vader. Okay. Vader is then out of the match, and then Razor comes at Yoko, firing punches, firing punches, and this is, this is it. Vader's out of the match. This is Razor's opportunity. Sure. Yoko's going to go for a low blow, belly to belly, crowd goes oh no and then yoko goes for the bonsai drop wins yoko wins sort of clean so the heel looks okay because that sand shit only defeated vader but yoko is gonna go over in the main event of that card takes home the penny takes home new penny champion yoko zuna i'd say that's probably the third best pay-per-view of 1994 probably the best probably the best well, we're going to go home ourselves and prepare prepare for our own individual WrestleManias for this evening. Brady, I got to thank you for being here, man. Hey, no this problem. This has been, like, Anytime. super dope. I'm glad you had the idea to get the beer. The cream top <laughs> of the beer was my favorite. It's a great cream finish. I want to give a special thanks to the Velcro Shoes for their latest hit, All That You Are, off their new album of the same name. That's what you heard during the commercial break. They're fresh off uh, from playing a full house over the Deutschtown Music Festival in Pittsburgh. So they are a Pittsburgh band. August 12th at the Brillo Box in Pittsburgh. They're celebrating the release of All That You Are on vinyl. Uh, they are active on all social media. So just search the Velcro Shoes to listen to their new album. If you want to check it out on Spotify, it's there too. But definitely check them out at the Brillo Box. August 12th is their release show. Also, for the theme of our show, for many reasons, it's Bluffs. You can check out Bluffs, stevebearers.bandcamp.com. Steve, B-E-R-E-S.bandcamp.com. And you could hit me up, thriftypodcast at yahoo.com. Yes, I still use Yahoo. So send in your questions. If you want me to find something for you, I'm going to try my best. Also, just send some baseball fucking questions. I'm talking about baseball, folks. It's the sport of the year right now. Go Buckos. Go Pittsburgh Baseball Pirates. Send me some baseball questions. Until next time, good night, everybody. 